very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in time and anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sports Beat Extra. On today's show, we're focusing on the game of golf and paying particular attention to the form of the Irish. But up first, we're continuing on with today's coverage of the FAI Women's Cup. As always, I'm Sean Connolly, and you're very welcome to Sports Beat Extra. Sports Beat with HollywoodBets.ie, bringing the sports stars to you. 18 plus, gamble responsibly. See gamblingcare.ie. We now know that Shelburne have sealed their place in the FAI Women's Cup final following their 1 0 victory against Bohemians earlier today. Wexford Dudes are currently playing against Athlone in the other semi final. And I caught up with U's manager Stephen Quinn earlier today to get his thoughts on the tie, as well as his side's run-in for the remainder of the league. Stephen, it's very good to speak with you this morning. How is everything with you? Quite good. Um, thanks for asking. It's great to be able to come on. Absolutely. It's great to have you on. Now, I suppose there's no better place to start than this evening's game against Athlone in the FAI Women's Cup semi-final. How was the squad set? Yeah, it's like preparations are done. We've, we trained well Tuesday and Thursday night. And for us, and it's probably an old cliche, it's another game and... That's the way we've we've been approaching it for for the full part of the season. We've ups and downs throughout the season with different players missing through um on availability with even started injuries and stuff, but like we're just going game on game and it has worked for us. So that's we're not looking any further than the next game that's in front of us and it and it happens to be a cup semi final, but we know the task that's in hand with that loan and it's gonna be a tough game and it's whoever wants it more on the day. And for you personally, obviously at the semi final stage, there's gotta be an eye in the finals. So what would it mean to actually retain the cup for you this year? Yeah, look, it's every, when we set up, we set the start of the season, we have our goals, and when you're with extra dudes, um, the demands are to be competitive and to go and try and go win a cup and win a league, and that's always the start. And, and I imagine that's most of the teams. So, like, this is another step for us. Like when I took over last year, we had peas in the semi-final, and you know, we got through that and got had a cup final, and we were probably knocked out of the league a little bit. So, so it's great to be in contention this time of year with five games, maybe six games left in the season, and still be there thereabouts. So. I'm looking forward to the occasion, and like that, it's, 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 it's cup football, form goes out the window, it's whoever wants it more, and, and I know what's, what's in our dressing room and the experience that we have, zero winners will win this cup, I know that will hopefully get us over the line, and then it's the quality on the day as well. Absolutely, and you're very much in the, the running for everything across the domestic, when you want to move to the league, and we're at the business end of the season, four games to go and a four-point lead, how proud of you of the run that the team has actually achieved? I know, look, it's great, and like I said, it's, we took it game by game. We knew we were going to have a stronger second part of the season than the first part of the season, and when you, when you reflect back on it, like we just wanted to stay in contention as long as we could. Shell set the early pace and the 12 games there unbeaten, and we just wanted to be close enough as possible to them, and I think it was eight points or nine points and we, and for the break, and we came back then with two draws, so we're thinking maybe have we, do we not have enough to maybe go and push like but We've just stuck in there and looked after performance every week and then other things have happened throughout. So, look, it's, it's great. It's probably in a place where we haven't been in, a, in, in a the last two years. I am involved, but it's not getting to us. We're not talking about top of the league. Right now. We're just looking. We have a tough run in, but that's the way we want it. Like, we're to play all the teams that are around us. And if we want to go and, and reach the goals that we want to, we're going to have to do it the, the hard way and put a lot of work in. And, and that's what we're all about. And that's what we're all looking forward to. You have to play all the teams around you, but the teams around you have to play ye as well. And they're looking at a side that are without defeat since the opening weekend in June. What exactly has clicked to generate this unbeatable mentality within the side? 
it's it's always there, and and like that, we were missing some key players, and we've had our under 19s have stepped in, and they're really pushing our our senior team, and we were trained Thursday night, and we were playing in-house game for for a period, like, and you can just see the hunger and desire of our 19s pushing our senior players, and some of them not happy, maybe not being in the in the team, and, and trying to push out some of the senior players. So it's just great, like, and that's really has been the, the for us second part of the season is that 19s in playing with us Tuesday and Thursday night playing matches against our senior team and really pushing us and then some players some of the key players coming back in getting um, fit getting match match time and getting up to speed really quickly and that's been our, our and look sometimes we've been down a goal and sometimes things aren't going away or not performing well like but well, we know we, we never we never give up that's one thing about Wexford Juice we never give up and we're always in a shout and you look back at the Galway game we scored a penalty last kick of the game really like that's put us maybe in this position. So there's never say die attitude in Wexford Juice, and even whatever happens in the game, we'll, we'll just keep going, keep going, and, and let's see what happens. So that's what we we're all about. Like and like I said, I knew we were going to probably have a better second part of the season. But football is so unpredictable, and especially this league this year, it's so competitive. Any team could beat anyone, and you could see that in different results around the league. So we're taking nothing for granted at the moment, and it's, every game we play, um, it's going to be a tough, tough game. It's going to be equivalent of a cup final every game we play for the rest of the season. I bet you if you were given that option at the start of the season, you'd have taken a handoff for that sort of an opportunity with potentially six games left. Oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. How important would a return to the Champions League be for you? 2018 seems an awful long time ago for this club. Yeah, look, I, I wasn't involved. Um, I know some of the girls would have been, a good lot of them, like, and they, they speak about their experiences, and we see, obviously, P-Mount and Shells would have went over there, and you keep an eye on that as well. Like, So I think it'd be, it, it was obviously the pinnacle of... of women's football at the moment like if you win the league you get uh, a place that for a qualifying stage of Champions League so like for us that's that's a bonus like it's it's something that the girls strive towards because it's been a long time since they have like but they know what, what it requires to get there and what is required is literally the next six next four games in the league is sheer like laser focus which Lizzie Kent would say and it's just about game on game and get, not getting ahead of ourselves because if we do that, that's that's where a downfall of some teams are. So we just want to make sure that our performance is there. And on any given day, if if we perform and we work hard, it'll be a very, very, very good team that will beat us on the day. And if they do, we put our hands up. We couldn't do any more. Absolutely. Now, I'd like to spend just a, a brief moment on some individual accolades. There's been a couple at the club and a special mention to two individuals. I suppose, firstly, Kylie Murphy, who achieved 100 goals for the club. What a remarkable achievement. How important is she for the squad? Oh, that's right. Spoke to herself, and she's just when she talks, everyone listens. Like she's just a born leader, and and what she's done for this club, and the loyalty around the club, the the effort, the extra mile she puts in for this club is is just like I've I've never came across it in any walk of of life through experience and different things. So she's a role model to everyone within the club. Like and she and she just rubs off you. Like and she, you want to do more every time you're around her, and she drives the standards. And it's it's what Wexford Juice are about. Like when you talk about Wexford Juice, the first person you talk about is Kylie Murphy. So it just says a lot. And you see the underage players looking up to her, and she goes down and talks to the 17s, and so she gives them words of wisdom, and sometimes gives them that little bit of a, a G up if they need, like when things maybe aren't going as well. That the least you can do in Wexford Juice is work hard if you're wearing that jersey, and, and she epitomised that. And then she obviously has that quality. I haven't seen a technical player, be it men or women, that the capability she has. So it's just. With all that mixed together, like you just have and a, and a really, really good person, um, a character. So like it's all the ingredients to be playing at this level, but also 
how everyone looks at her and sees her as a role model as well. An invaluable asset at a football club, particularly at this time of the year. Now, I also want to touch on Adele Kennedy and her wonder strike against Treaty. You wouldn't see many better finishes in any stadium, would you? No, look, it's, when, when she hit it, I, I've seen it dip and I was like, this is going to go in. And like, if you watch the cup final, you've seen something similar as well. She teed herself up and hits it. And she just has that, like, we mess with her. She doesn't score any, any goals apart from unbelievable goals. And you see sometimes in training, she hits them strikes as well. Like, so she's just a player that gives all, it's all or nothing. So she just gives everything. So she's in them position and she's going to hit that ball. And, and she's probably not even thinking that she's going to score, but she's going to put her body in the line. She's going to put herself in them positions. And she's just, she's a silent leader and she just puts that work rate and she sets tempo in the games for us. And what a player she has been for Wexford Juice and what a player she has been for us this season even though she had that little bit of an injury coming off of last season and hasn't played a full season of this year, but has been instrumental in, in our running for the last period where we got that little bit of consistency. So, so she's just a player that oozes um, work rate, desire, and on the backbone, that's what Wexford Juice is about, linking in with Kylie, and you have Nick then as well. Nick is probably having, in my opinion, her best season, um, has been consistently in that back line, has played nearly every minute of the game, and has scored vital goals for this season so like between the three of them they're a stalwart within the club like and without them and they're the backbone of extra suits um, it's really given us a springboard for the season Absolutely I couldn't agree more now I suppose one thing to round it off with here is the club that's one for concentrating on the bond that is there with community is there anything in the pipe work following Energia's tremendous training session a couple of weeks ago with the, the young girls that came through Yeah look it's an exciting time at Wexford Jutes and the club has gone from maybe the senior team to 17s there maybe three years ago to maybe 19s now two years ago and now we have the 17s, 19s and we obviously have our senior team but now even this year we have an academy which would have started last year so we're talking about under 13s and 15 girls spread around the southeast coming from all different clubs and coming in just getting an extra training session with, with our coaches and also now as well with linking in with NRG there was a, a training session that, the, that Kylie, Rossi and Avian would have done with our under 15 academy team so we're growing as a club. We're looking, trying to link in with local clubs and supply um, extra training and resources to the, to the clubs. And now under 15 academy team is going to go over to Celtic in, in the October, November um, midterm. So they're going to go over and do a trip in, over to Celtic and play against the Celtic academy team. So they're the kind of things we're like to link in with the clubs and, and academy. But also with that, we have a club link that we're, we've piloted now. And the first club that we've linked in with now are the Allbacks from Wexford. So... We're looking to go back and, and create links with clubs, and this will be a pilot that we, we give our help or resources. Or I'll go in and coach in the all-backs, help the coaches do a little bit of coach education and help them with any resource they need. And that's something going forward that we, we think is important with clubs in the southeast that we can give back and kind of, I suppose, giving some of our expertise back into the, the local grassroots clubs and making them look as a pathway from local football into a Wexford Youth Senior Team and there's a pathway between a 15s academy team and academy team, 15 academy team, 17s, 19s, and a senior. So now, if you look at it five or six years ago, there was no real pathway um, to play National League at the highest level. And at that as well, it's, it's important to, to know that playing at the highest level in, in the National League isn't the be and end all either. Like, so players will find their own level over time, be it it's a senior team for a local club. But it's just giving them resources and helping the coaches as much as possible because all these coaches are volunteers. And I would have been in there shoes only probably five, six years ago myself, so it's important to be helping them and giving the resources as a, as a club that we are established and helping the clubs that are 
doing fantastic work for South East. That's absolutely brilliant. It sounds tremendous and a continuation of the endless relationship that the club has with the community and it's it's brilliant to see. So, look, it was fantastic speaking to you. The very, very best of luck in the, in the game this evening and I look forward to touching base with you very shortly. Thanks very much. Sports Beat with HollywoodBets.ie The home of Hollywood Bets Super 7 The ultimate tipping challenge 18 plus Gamble responsibly See GamblingCare.ie I'm joined now by golfing analyst and friend of the show Mr Ray Scott No better place to start than with Rory McIlroy and his astonishing comeback for a third FedEx Cup Just how good was that? I think that probably ranks as one of the best of uh, of his um, FedEx Cup wins. You know the way he, the way he came back into us, the way that he he performed right throughout the week, and when you consider that he started with a triple bogey in that uh, in that um, Tour Championship, and he also had to make up a ten shot gap on Scotty Scheffler. So it was a phenomenal performance, and probably on the cards because he's been knocking on the door. We've even seen that since that Tour Championship, he's been on fire contending. Uh, in the uh, BMW PGA Championship, which which Shane Lowry won, I'm sure we'll talk about him in a few seconds. Uh, but you know, only for about three centimeters, uh, there would have been a playoff in that tournament. He finished runner-up, and uh, he was contending as well in uh, the, at the Ryder Cup course in Italy last week. So, and he's got the Tour Championship uh, in the DP World Tour uh, race to Dubai. Uh, that championship coming up in a couple of weeks. So, he looks like he's right back on form. The $18 million prize goes a long way along with the trophy that McIlroy won with the FedEx. Tremendous for Ireland and for Shane Lowry at Wentworth to shoot a 7-under par 65 to finish one shot clear of McIlroy and John Ram. John Ram hit a brilliant 10-under round of 62 following a gripping final round. It was, it was sensational, wasn't it? It was sensational final round. I just could not take your eyes off what was going on the screen. And particularly when John Ram pulled that eagle putt on 18. Uh, and he still had to sit around for about two hours. I think the McIlroy and Lowry were only approaching the turn at that stage. So there was a lot of golf to be played. But that, that figure of uh, 16 under had been set and by, by John Ram. And so you think about that, it was always going to be uh, a very, very tight situation. And it all came down, as you said, came out of the final green, which was amazing. Um, and, you know, when you go back about Macro and you talk about $18 million to win a, win a tournament, you know, money doesn't worry, doesn't worry Rory McIlroy. He was the youngest uh, player ever to reach $10 million in career earnings on the PGA Tour. Uh, and, and that's ahead of Tiger even, you know. He was the youngest player to reach uh, ten million in career earnings on the European tour, so money is not the uh, not the all and end all. And I think you've seen that too with the uh, McElroy attitude towards live golf and the way that tour is developing, because it's not about the money. You know, it's about titles, it's about history, and he is a huge, huge um, proponent and supporter of the history and the heritage of golf. So the money doesn't matter. Yeah. Nice, of course, but it doesn't matter. That's, it's easy for us to say that, though, isn't it? That's it, that's it. And and then, obviously, as you touch on as well, the Italian Open. I mean, it's a trio of talking points. And at 12 under par and a fourth-place finish, you're talking three prestigious tournaments, one after another. And he's probably delivered three of the best performances, particularly when you're going up against the likes of Scotty Scheffler, then going up against Shane Lowry, who's inspired. I know he's missing a, a major with it, but it's about as good as he has ever played. You're right, and the focus, I suppose, is already even after after the FedEx Cup um, win. The focus was already on the Masters next year because that's the one that he wants. That's the one that you know. Obviously, when you look at uh, the past records and the history, there so much has been spoken about that um, emotional 
uh, master's uh, controversy, I suppose. Is that the best way to describe it when he collapsed in that final round? Yeah, yeah. You know, back in, um, what was that? You know, that was a number of years ago. He was leading so, so well, and that was back in 2011. And I mean, we're now 11 years on. They're still talking about that final round collapse. And, and it wasn't even a final round collapse. It was a back nine collapse. So, you know, inevitably, he's, he needs to do it to have the slam. He needs to do it probably for his head as well. There are more majors because a lot of times in recent times, McElroy's been written off as, you know, too many young players coming through. There weren't any more majors in him. But I think, you know, he's after uh, silencing the detractors in that regard. And he would be a serious, serious contender next year if he keeps that, uh, keeps that momentum and he keeps that uh, particularly, uh, it keeps the, the efforts with the putter in check because that has been his Achilles heel. You know, he's worked very, very hard with Brad Faxon over the last number of years and he's starting to really pay off because we all know that he can hit a bomb. We all know that he's fairly well controlled with it. His approach play from 100, 120 uh, metres out was also a little bit of a weak spot, but he's worked so hard on that over the last number of years as well and the putter in particular. So he is a force to be reckoned with, and uh, you know it's a kind of a he's also thrown down the gauntlet to to the other gu- young guns because we're we've been talking about Colin Morikawa, we've been talking about Sander Schauffele, we've been talking about Scotty Scheffler, all of these guys. Uh, Scheffler took the uh, the Player of the Year um, award recently in the PGA Tour, probably deserved over uh, because of his performances across the tour uh, for the year. But you know these were all the young guns that were taking Rory's crown, and I think he's after. Uh, uh, silencing the critics in a little way in the last couple of weeks, and because he's been around for so long, it's it's easy to forget he's only thirty three years of age. So he's got a lot of golf left to play in him. One thing I want to touch on as well, obviously not hitting the heights of the two uh, golfers you've just spoken about, but I suppose looking at a regional perspective, how have you viewed the progress over the last couple of months with uh, Seamus Power? Yeah, I think Seamus Seamus had a fantastic season, but uh, you know it 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 has all kind of come. Uh, to a little bit of a, a, an untimely stop as the Tour Championship was beginning to unwind the, the FedEx playoffs. He was in the top 20, but he slid down, missed the cut at the first week um, first week of the playoffs. But overall, I think he'll have to be very, very happy with the way he's, his, his um, progression has, has, has happened over the last year in particular. Since he won on the PGA Tour last year, you know, he's, the pressure was off. But he still got some very, very good results early in the season last year, and that allowed him to hold on all the way through. Um, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, he won the Barbasol in 2021. He was through to the Tour Championship, and he was very, very close to you know getting into that final week in in Atlanta. Except for the, I think the poor performance in the first first play the first week uh, was the one that cost him an awful lot. Um, but I'm sure he'll be happy. He's another year of exemption, so uh, he doesn't have to worry about it. And you also look at it, he's still in the top 30, or I think about top 40 now, I suppose is the best way to describe it, uh, on the PGA Tour. That's no mean feat when you think about it. And we also must mention Podrick Harrington, because Podrick Harrington is uh, is another player who's uh, enjoying a resurgence on the Champions Tour. When you see what he's won this year, he's he's... Uh, chasing, I think Steve Acker, I think is in the um, in the uh, Champions uh, Charles Schwab Cup. Excuse me, just went out of my head there for a second. Um, but he is just so good, uh, and he's really, really enjoying uh, good competitive golf again. And I think he's probably won as much as he did for winning the majors. 
Yeah, yeah, currently second in the Champions Tour and it's just wonderful seeing him playing with a smile on his face again because you always look back to when he was at his height back in the day when he was going up against Tiger and beating Tiger when Tiger was in his pomp and obviously then you have the the psychological issues that occurred in the background and, and I suppose in terms of looking to change his game but seeing him with such a smile on his face and the performances that he's putting out it's really winding back the years and it's wonderful as a spectator to watch that Two and a half million in earnings in the you know, the Champions Tour this year and he's about a hundred grand behind Steve Alker so you know that Charles Schwab Cup is another one time you know if we could uh, we might see another Irish uh, performance and victory in uh, an end of season in the end of season uh, tour championship wouldn't it be wonderful now Live Golf has delivered multiple talking points since you and I last spoke I want to touch on Henrik Stenson very briefly what are your thoughts on his Ryder Cup captaincy been taken from him I think the best way to describe it is you, you make your bet you've got a lie in it he knew full well when he signed a contract with the European Tour to be the Ryder Cup captain that uh, you know Liv was in the background there and he signed it and said he was committed to it. You saw the press conference, or uh, you know, where he he spoke in glowing terms about what an honour it was. But yet, you know, a couple of short months later, he uh, he left. The cynics might say he signed the contract because he probably could uh, bargain a little bit more out of Greg Norman when he had the Ryder Cup captain as a moniker after his name or a title after his name, compared to if he was just Henrik Stenson, who hasn't really been performing in recent times. So. It's very, very sad. Um, and I'm sure Stenson would have been a very good captain. But, you know, that's the, the bed and the path that they've chosen. And uh, I think they also have to uh, accept the consequences of that. And you've seen that again this week. And you saw it at the uh, at the BMW when there were some of the live golfers playing. Uh, you see it, I think, again in next week. You're going to see more at the Alfred Dunhill Championship because there's a court case pending. Uh, there's a challenge against the suspensions in the DP World Tour. It's, uh, that has all been resolved on the PGA Tour and have been banned for life or indefinitely. So um, there seems to be... It's a very hard thing to comprehend. I don't know the arguments that they're putting forward in terms of their competitiveness and their, they want official World Golf ranking points for their tournament, but they're not playing the same kind of tournament. 54-hole cut, which was a limited field. Uh, sorry, 54-hole tournament, no cut, a limited field. You know, there can't be competitiveness in that in that tour. And I think we're seeing it. And it's not really grabbing the, the headlines. I think Greg Norman was in, the, in Washington this week talking to try to win over the, the uh, U.S. Congress. And I don't think that went down too well either. So, um, you know, obviously the, there's been some high-profile players who have uh, who've crossed the threshold into live golf. You know, and that that's their bed. They've made it. They've got to live with it. And they can't have their cake and eat it. I think that's the easiest way, you know. Now, having said that, on the other side of the argument is the whole idea of the best players playing in the major championships. And right now, the entry to that is, is very, very limited. And uh, you've got to be in the top, what, 50 or 60 in the world. You've got to be a past champion. You've got to be, um, you've got to maybe come through qualifying or whatever. If those players can manage to get in on those criteria, then they should be allowed to play. But I don't see how they should be uh, able to go, well, we're playing live golf, but we still want to play in the majors. The main thing that they're citing is obviously a failure to do so will lead to an inaccurate and also, uh, I suppose, a dissolved representation of the rankings. Now, while I can appreciate the sentiment with that, I also share your perfect analogy of, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it. And while I can totally appreciate that there's some tremendous golfers after breaking away and taking on this opportunity, or so they view it, they can't have it both ways. No, they can't. And 
you know, one of those things is going to happen. And this is why they're fighting so hard for this uh, recognition on the official World Golf rankings, right? Is the fact that they want to be able to play in the in the majors, right? Now, if you turn around and you think about it for a second, um, if we look at the world, the official world rankings at the moment, um, who's the highest live golfer there? Is it still Dustin Johnson? I think, if my memory is right, I right? So, yeah. But as they as they are no longer playing in in ranking events, they're going to tumble down, and the best players in the world will not be then the Dustin Johnsons or the the Cameron Smiths or whomever, right? So I think they're, they're that's why they're fighting so hard for this uh, world ranking um, recognition because that's the only way that they can get in unless you're, of course, your past champion. Um, and, you know, it was interesting. There's a lot of talk going on. You saw Greg Norman. Uh, Greg Norman refused to attend the um, past champions event and the champions dinner in um, in St. Andrews the last two times that it was there but certainly this year he wanted to go there you know why because you know it was an opportunity perhaps for, for them to put forward their case and you know so I wonder out loud uh, with your listeners will Liv Golf be here in two years time because I'm not sure that they can continue to fork out billions of, of dollars for players who you know on the face of it outside of the few big ones are mediocre golfers in the world of golf at the moment who are tumbling down the rankings anyway. Um, and will people go out? They're not turning up to the event. They're giving away tickets at every tournament for a dollar. Um, and uh, the, the coverage that they're seeing on TV, or well, they're not, they don't have a TV deal, so it's on their website and it's on YouTube. And I think the best they've had is 600,000 over a weekend. So... Um, I watch the space I think is the best way to describe it exactly and I think it's probably summed up with Greg Norman being snubbed by his own PGA Tour event obviously in light of giving golf a new heartbeat that he was denied the opportunity to attend yet another tournament but a PGA so as you said watch this space as always my friend it's been a pleasure speaking with you and I look forward to talking to you soon pleasure thank you Sports Beat with HollywoodBets.ie, bringing all the blockbuster action to the palm of your hand. 18 plus. Gamble responsibly. See GamblingCare.ie. That's it for today's show, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. As always, continue to send your questions and queries to sport at beat102103.com. I'll keep getting back to each and all. Dean's up next with Beat Anthems, but if you fancy winning some money for your club or sporting society, you might want to listen to this. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy. The solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie Do you fancy winning a grand for your club? Because Club Focus is back. Each month, I visit a club in the region and I give them a chance to take their place in the limelight to feature on air, online and across our socials. At the end of 12 months, one lucky club will bag €1,000 bursary. The winning club will also be chosen through a public vote, so it gives you a great opportunity to attract new members. Club Focus is part of Beat's ongoing commitment to support the work that local clubs do, while also celebrating the positive impact that these clubs have on all of their local communities. So if you want to get your club involved, head to beat102103.com forward slash club focus to apply now. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy. The solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie